I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, wash your hands. I know I'm usually cute and stuff here, but this is serious. Wash your hands. If you want something fun to listen to while you do wash your hands, you could listen to this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, unfortunately, we're going to have to cancel the New Orleans live show in April between us and Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. It was a sad decision to make, but it was the right decision to make. We're just trying to keep everyone safe and just do our part to stop the spread of this pandemic. And a large gathering like this just wouldn't make sense. So hopefully we can do the show later down the road, hopefully in the same city as well. We're really sorry about it, but we're just trying to keep everyone as safe as possible. If you already bought a ticket, you'll be getting a refund. If you have any questions or concerns or problems with that, shoot me an email at potterlesspodcast at gmail.com. Just a programming note about this episode. It was recorded live at LeakyCon in Boston. The audio is incredible. We were on the main stage. The microphones are really nice. I went through all of the audio editing software to make it sound perfect. So please don't dismiss this episode just because it's live and also stick through to the end for the Q&A because it was one of the funniest Q&As I've ever done, some of the best questions we ever had, and Chris is so incredibly sassy about Weasley rankings and his thoughts about Percy and the twins and other Weasleys, and it's so (laughs) fantastic. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this entire episode. And with all the COVID-19 stuff out there, everyone just please stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, podcasts can help. If you want to hang out, I'm going to be online a lot more now, so you know, check out Potterless on Twitter or Instagram or Reddit or the Discord. There'll be some fun stuff. I'll try to do like live streams and stuff. Things where we can keep ourselves entertained while we're all trying to be as safe and smart as humanly possible. And you know who I want to keep safe? Our new patrons. So shout out to Peyton Cadian, Shaked Kaufman, Jeremy Trimble, Kylie Sue, Anna, Zoe Clawens, Rana Othman, Patricia Poblete, and Whitney Medley. Shout out to Colleen Waters, who upgraded to the producer level status, as well as our new producer level patrons, Stin DeVoctor and Laurel Happy. They joined the ranks of Vicky, Aaron Clow, Marchismo, Samantha Juan, Rose Marie, Maria, Romina, Audra, Eleanor, Nikita, Ali, Amelia, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Haley, Moster, Alex, John, Noel, Liz, Brandon, Claire, Rory, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Summer, Andrea, Justin, Jacob, Maya, Mark, Polly, Zena, Harlan, Noelia, Addie, Nikki, Kine, Amanda, Alicia, Kafir, Sarah, Marta, Eileen, Keegan, Mr. Folk, Maya, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Skyla, Adele, Professor, Threat, Ellie, Elizabeth, Michael, Tiffany, Kelly, Carrie, Connie, Jen, Nedry, Will, Samantha, Aurora, Marcus, Courtney, Marie, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, Julie, The Meadows Family, Ginny, Brianna, McKenna, Heather, Brad, Thomas, Brianna, Kevin, Lori, Chrissy, Jarl, Haley, Ashley, Peter, Sophie, Jenna, Nicole, Callahan, Kylo, Leah, Melissa, Bella, Melanie, Bill, Victoria, Elizabeth, Britt, Becca, Reese, Adam, Joseph, Lily's mom, T-Run, Madison, Kyle, Tonks, GK, Sabrina, Sophia, Farzan, Melanie, David, Maria, Matt, Okamahime, Yimki, 
Mikey, Bony Pony, Jacob, Kelsey, Taco, Bluefish, Rike, Taylor, Rochelle, Megan, Alicia, Riley, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Who are all doing a very good job of social distancing. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus content such as exclusive live streams, exclusive merchandise, exclusive notes, exclusive director's commentary, and more, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 117 of Potterless, covering the spin-off book, The Tales of Beetle the Bard, guest starring Chris Rankin, aka Percy Weasley. Oh, what's up, everybody? Everyone having a good LeakyCon so far? Good, awesome. So, who here has heard of a little podcast called Potterless? And who here just showed up and doesn't know what who I am and what's going on? Nice, okay, so very brief introduction. My name is Mike Schubert. I never read the Harry Potter books as a kid, so now through Potterless, I'm reading them for the first time as an adult. I just finished the book, so it took me three years to read seven children's novels. I'm very proud of myself. Um, but now because of that, I'm doing some of the spinoff stuff, so I've been watching the movies. I saw Cursed Child, which was a play, uh, and now I'm reading some of the spinoff books. So what I've prepared for this live session is going over Tales of Beetle the Bard, which is buck wild. The fact that these are children's fairy tales, but to discuss it, I, I wanna have a, a guest and, and someone that I've had a bit of a, a somewhat rivalry with uh, throughout the books. You may know this person as the man who plays the worst Weasley, but I know him as someone that has been incredibly nice and a true gem of a human to know for the past day and a half. It's Chris Rankin. Chris, come on stage! Hi. It's finally the happened. worst Weasley. <laughs> Just seventh place. The, the racist aunt at the wedding is, yeah, is worse than you. <laughs> Full disclosure, Mike now does have an I've met the seventh best Weasley badge, so I feel like yeah, no. it's sorted. It's good. I yeah. feel like any any beef that we would have has been squashed, because yeah. yeah. on the podcast, I make fun of Percy a lot, but yeah, you're I, not Percy. No, you're Chris I'm Rankin. Legally obliged to tell you I'm not actually Percy Weasley. <laughs> so we're going to be going over Tales of Beetle the Bard. Which I haven't read. Which is perfect. I want. <laughs> I think I heard someone just go, what? <laughs> You haven't read every single thing that exists? <laughs> what? You're supposed to be a prefect. Percy would, I'd be yeah, not Manasseh. So, <laughs> so we'll do this, and then at the end, we'll do a little Q&A, which will be fun, so start generating your questions. But Tales of Beetle the Bard has five children's fairy tale novels that take place in the wizarding world. The premise of this book is that it's like a textbook that you would check out from at Hogwarts. There's little notes after each story where Dumbledore talks about like the meaning behind this fairy tale and right. what you can learn. And there's little footnotes and all kind of stuff like that. Now these are the ones that all got really daft names, right? Yeah, so, I'm not English. Daft, all I know is daft punk. So <laughs> <laughs> what does what is a daft name? Stupid. Ah, Stupid. yes. Um, they do have silly names. Like it's Babbity Rabbity and the mm -hmm. thumping and the stick or something. The stump. That's the last one we'll be covering. But yeah, they all have like nice innocent names and then it's things like people die often. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite strange. <laughs> but uh, one thing that's fun right off the bat for this, there's like an intro and all of that. It says that for the lore of this book that it was translated from ancient runes by Hermione Granger. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know like a time place where this is supposed to, yeah. like at what point was she a student? 
student. And she was like, oh, by the way, I just happened to translate this major publication that is now in the books. Like, is she at school while the library has a book that she's worked on? Feels like child labor laws. Didn't she, now, somebody's going to tell me I'm completely wrong, but didn't she get given Tales of Beetle the Bard by Dumbledore in his will? Is yes. that right? Yeah. Yes. So was that in ancient runes? I guess. Somebody's got a hand up. <laughs> Question. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Please do not put anything on. Oh, God. I'm, just... I'm never going to get it. <laughs> this Here is everything go. I could have wanted. <laughs> yes. Where was, that? where was that hand? Where was it? <laughs> oh, she's vanished. What were you saying? It was a thumbs up because it was in ancient ruins. And so that's why uh, whenever they were packing to figure out what books they wanted to bring, she was like, oh, should I bring my ancient ruins translator? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe uh, we will have to translate ancient runes. And then mm. it comes Maybe, out. maybe. We'll just. <laughs> but didn't Ron, Ron got read them when he was a kid, right? Molly knows ancient so, runes. So Molly, of course. Molly, of Purely course. fluent in yeah, ancient she's, runes. She's perfect. She's got to know ancient runes. So <laughs> How I'm... the hell am I getting back on this stage? <laughs> I'm 35. I'm, I'm just too old for this. Hang on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> for the listeners at home, Chris has been in the crowd. <laughs> there's lots of technology on this stage, such as a timer and a thing where I can make sure my hair doesn't look too ridiculous. And I have it's a wonderful. trip hazard and everything. Right. <laughs> so JK says that these tales are, are like supposed to be on par with Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, that kind of stuff in the introduction. There's stories that are supposed to show that magic sometimes can cause as much trouble as it cures. The only thing that is fun here is that McGonagall has granted permission that Dumbledore's notes be published alongside the story. I'm very happy that McGonagall is in charge of Good this decision. Yeah. Why? Why? Who are these are teachers? It's yeah. It's it's so strange to do a thing where it's like Hogwarts is also the publishers of the textbook, yeah. but then also you still have to buy your textbooks before you go, and you have to go to Flourish and Blots and ah. Uh. And is Hermione translating this before or after she becomes quite important? At the has she been paid? Is she getting yeah. royalties? It's just a hobby. It's, a, <laughs> it's just a passion project of mine. It's a labor of love. Let's get into the actual stories. The first one is called The Wizard and the Hopping Pot. So here's a quick recap. There is a kind old wizard who made potions for his neighbors, claiming that they sprang ready-made from his, quote, lucky cooking pot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So then he died and gave all of his ch- chattels. Is that a British thing? Chattels. What's a chattel? Chattels. Um, I don't really know. It's just one of those... <laughs> The context like, says he gave all his chattels to his only son. It's like stuff you have. I don't know. There's property. That's a good okay. one. Yeah. Like goods and chattels. It sounds like you just gave him like a box of crap. Like, yeah, hey, basically, here, yeah. Take like yeah. this uh, one half of a TV remote that only has two batteries in it. Yeah. One yeah. shoe. Like that's a really like Dickensian word, chattels. Ooh. Like goods and chattels. <laughs> Um, so yeah. he gives his chattels to his son, but his son was very different. He didn't like sharing with those who couldn't do magic. And Same. his son <laughs> his son found a package hidden inside of this pot for him from his father. The son was hoping for gold, but instead there is a single slipper with the note, in the hope that my son, you will never need this. Which Why would you ever need one slipper? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a really, like, I know that you're supposed to not like the son because later on it's like, yeah. oh, he doesn't like muggles, blah, blah, blah. Like, it is a pretty bad gift from your dad. Yeah. It's like my father has died. He's left me all of his chattels, which we all know are his prized possessions. It's like he's given me one slipper. Like slippers are already bad, but now you've just given me one of them. So in case you, I give you this in case you never need it, in the yeah. hope that you never need it. Exactly. So in not the only- hope that you don't lose a leg. <laughs> 
<laughs> or in the hope that you like buy a pair of slippers and lose one. Yep. But like, not only have you been given a bad gift, you've been given a bad gift where your dad's like, I really hope you never need this awful <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> So that's what he's got. The son is angry, rightfully so, and throws the slipper into the pot. And he just decides that he's going to use this cooking pot as a rubbish pail, which I guess is British for trash can. Yes. Well, no, but yes. <laughs> is there something different? Like, is a rubbish pail? Uh, we call it a bin. Okay. Not a rubbish pail. Pail. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> these are all the things where, like, I'm glad that I have a, a British like, guest so I can translate all quasi these. Quasi Shakespearean Robin Hood language that you were speaking for some reason. <laughs> So throws it in there, gonna use it as a rubbish pail. An old woman comes by that night saying that her granddaughter has warts and this guy's dad used to cure them. And the son goes, go away. Why would I care about your brat's warts? Just... It's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know he's supposed to be the bad guy, but like so far he's made no bad decisions. <laughs> like, I don't know who this lady is. I'm yeah. not my father. Go to the doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the pot in the kitchen though, after this takes place has grown a foot. <laughs> <laughs> Does it need a slipper? Huh? You're on to it. You're getting it. So it starts to hop up and down. And then the pot also gets covered in warts. Okay. <laughs> the son tries to do magic to put the pot away, but it doesn't work. And instead, the pot starts following him around on a hopping foot, like one hop at a time. The next morning, an old man comes by and says that his donkey is gone. And now he can't take his wares to market. So his family is going to go hungry tonight. And then the son goes, yeah, well, I'm hungry now and then slams the door. <laughs> I really like the son. I'm not supposed to, but he's like, that's a good joke. <laughs> so slams the door in his face. The pot now has a mix of, uh, starts doing donkey brays, like, bray, like as it's hopping around with its warts. And it also makes groans of human hunger in addition to donkey brays. <laughs> <laughs> which I hope they're really specific and not just groans, but they're like, do you have any bread? <laughs> I'm starving. I want some Cheetos. I didn't have a big breakfast. <laughs> so then a young woman knocks on his door that night, says that her baby is seriously ill. The son just slams the door and says nothing. Like at this point, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, nap. I'm done. I've already used my one witty comeback for the day. I'm just going to close the door. It's all over. The pot then fills with salt water and starts crying. No one else came to the door for that week, but the pot still showed all of the ailments that happened to people across the town. So this pot's having a rough week. It's just feeling all the pain of an entire village. And then uh, many things just start like spewing out. There is bad cheese, spoiled milk, hungry slugs. And then after a week of this, the son is like, all right, I'm putting an end to this. And then he just starts curing and fixing all of the things. The pot then burps up the slipper, which it ate when he threw it into <laughs> the, the, the pot when he was like, ah, this is awful. Burps it up. Then the son puts the slipper on the pot and then they head home. And the son helped the town from that day forward. The end. <laughs> So I've taken a few notes here, which is this supposed to teach a lesson? Was the father even good in the first place or was he also a jerk and then just got fed up with the town and then did it? Did the pot always do this? Why was there the note? Why didn't the father tell the son what is happening? How did the son never notice that people came to the door all of I'm the time? I'm so confused. So many questions. So confused. Don't worry, Dumbledore's here to help. He's oh, got notes and footnotes. God. <laughs> 
According to Albus Dumbledore, Beetle was ahead of his time to write a pro-muggle story in which all of the witch hunts were in full swing. Like, that's going on right now at the time it's been written. There's a footnote that says that while many wizards <laughs> that while many wizards and witches were able to escape or go undetected, nearly headless Nick did not, as well as many other younger witches and wizards. So we now what? learn that he was the victim of a witch hunt. Well, right, okay. They didn't behead witches, though. Yeah, you just went to Salem the other yeah. day. Yeah, well, no, I mean, we did it differently. In the, well, they, they pressed people to death, which they have. I went Ooh. to Salem. I know about these things now. Um, <laughs> we had a guy called the Witchfinder General who was self-appointed. This is the best way. <laughs> Witchfinder General's bracket, self-appointed. He's just decided that this was... But they, we, we hanged them. Uh, oh, I suppose, I suppose you could half lose your neck if you were hanged, I suppose, but... Yeah. I thought he had it chopped. Hang on. No, no, no. Wait, nearly headless Nick lost, nearly lost his head in a duel with the bloody Baron, didn't he? No. <laughs> Resounding no. Am I making stuff up now? <laughs> Where did I get that from? It was probably in the movies and not the books. Forgive him. They change things. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I do want to read that fan fiction now, though. Where the okay, Baron... I'll, I'll go home and write it immediately. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> so then JK in a footnote, because some of the footnotes are by JK Rowling, which is a whole like confusing That's thing that, that the yeah, whole lore, nothing makes okay. sense anymore. It says that there is a revised version of this story that's supposed to be less intense. Here's the less intense version. <laughs> An innocent wizard is terrorized by neighbors for using magic. They're persecuting him. So he has a pot that eats the neighbors until eventually <laughs> they say that they'll leave him alone because your pot has eaten too many people. And that's this the less- This is the revised version. That's the less intense. That's way worse. It's a pot that eats humans. That's not, what? It's not revised. That's less intense. That's less intense than a warty pot right. with hunger pain. That is got, yeah, hunger and braise oh. and spoiled cheese, but it's like, all right, we got to make one for the kids. I got it. It just eats people. It's <laughs> humans. Yeah, uh, it's just muggles. It doesn't matter. No witches yeah, are harmed yeah, in yeah, the yeah, making fine. of this story. Just <laughs> muggles. So yeah, that's the first one. Kicking it right off the bat. I mean... I don't know where this can go. Oh, it can go to the Fountain of Fair Fortune, which is oh, actually okay. the now nicest I, one of all. I think I have a vague recollection of this. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So this is also the Fountain of Fair Fortune is also what they named the bar section in Diagon Alley of the Wizarding World yes. of Harry Potter yes. in Universal. Yes. Which is good because they have like some very nice beers and fire whiskey, all kind of mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. This story, not like that. Oh, okay. A little different. <laughs> so there's a hill in an enchanted and protected garden. There's a fountain. Once a year on the longest day of the year, one unfortunate could fight their way to the fountain and bathe in it, receiving fair fortune evermore. So on this day, hundreds of people lined up to do so and the gates are of magic from the garden just like yank someone in and they're like go see if you can get to the fortune have fun and that's the day so there's these three witches out there one is named Asha she is sick Althea who has been robbed and Amata who is deserted by man I'm very thankful that there's three witches that all have like the same name in yep. the story yep. so that the whole time I had to read it I'd be like the sick one right okay <laughs> the robbed one got it yes ah the one deserted by a man Deserted by a man or desert, just yeah. a, a man? A man. Recently dumped. had, dumped. yes, okay. tragically dumped. <laughs> <laughs> so they agree that they're going to flip the script on this and they're all going to try to enter together. So they'll all hold hands so that if one gets chosen, they'll all get chosen. And then they'll just have uh -huh. to figure it out when they get to the fountain at the end, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I wish I knew what was going on. Oh, don't worry. Dumbledore will save the day Good. again. <laughs> so they go in, but unfortunately, one of them gets yanked. And one of the robes uh, from, see, even my notes I have who, one of the witches whose name starts with A's robe gets tugged on this guy named Sir Luckless. And he's the best. This guy's incredible. He lives up to his name so well. So they all get in and right away, they're all mad. They're like, how could you do this? Also, he's a man. We had a deal. What are we doing? And he's just like, I didn't even want to do this. Like he says, it's okay, I'll leave. And they're like, no, you're a knight. You got to help us out. And he's like, I promise. I'm. He doesn't sound like he's going to be a great knight with no. His name is Sir Luckless. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> not great. So they decide that they're all going to go through and do their best. So they reach the foot of the hill where the fountain stands. And wrapped around the hill is a huge, bloated, blind, white worm. Oh. That wraps around the entire hill. Yeah, gross. Mm-hmm. Children's. Yeah, it's just a fairy tale for kids. So as they approach it, the worm speaks, making it even better. And it says, pay me the proof of your pain. So Luckless tries to kill the beast with his sword and it snaps in half, which is Is, is the worm voiced by Frank Oz as well? Is it- <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Frank? What? What did I say? I don't... Uh- Frank Oz... Who's Frank Oz? Yoda. Oh. Uh, various I, Muppets. Got it. I, yeah. I, I mean, Street, I'm yeah. familiar with Yoda and the Muppets. <laughs> not, not, not the voice actor. I apologize to all the Frank the Oz Frank Oz stands out in the crowd tonight. <laughs> So the sun is starting to like go. They realize the day is going. So Asha begins to weep. And the worm puts his worm face on her face oh, and then no. sucks her tears and then is appeased. So he slithers into a hole in the ground so they can climb the hill. Oh. (laughs) Just a big worm face right on your face, sucking your tears away. It's good. No. (laughs) So they climb the hill. (laughs) Halfway up, they see something cut into the ground that says, pay me the fruit of your labors. Labor spelled with a U because England. England, we spell things correctly. (laughs) Just add some extra vowels correctly. I made fun of this on Potterless, and then someone told me that, like, in America, the reason we don't say color in favor with the U's is because we wanted to save on, like, printing press costs mm-hmm. by having less letters. And I was like, this is the most American yeah. thing that could ever happen. It's like, ah, colors, colors, yeah. it's the same. Just get rid of the U. We don't have to pay for it as much. It's the same reason that you call aluminum aluminum. Yeah, we're just like, it's, get rid of one of the syllables. No, in the somebody middle. spelled it wrong on the side of a oh, box. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And America. it came over here. That's when aluminum. <laughs> and it got here and it spelled aluminum. So they try to just keep walking, but they're not making progress up the hill. So Althea just starts sprinting because she sees the sun setting anymore, then wipes sweat onto the ground. And when it hits the ground, that's good enough. And they can go past. That's the fruit of their labors. There's a lot of bodily fluids in this story. Mm -hmm. Just... (laughs) Oh, just wait till the next one. Where oh, it's no. <laughs> Give me the labors of your lunch. So uh, <laughs> they, they then get to the fountain, but there's a stream in the way that says, pay me the treasure of your past. Luckless tries to float across on his shield, which float, shield, come on. Did you envision this was going to work? So it just sinks, of course, but yeah. also classic Luckless, you know? Yeah, just, classic. What a move. Classic. He saw that on Titanic, didn't he? He's <laughs> <It's laughs> like, I've got this. I can do it. There's room for two. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so the, the witches get him out, and then after failing to cross alone, they try to figure out what they're going to do. Amata does a pensive memory type thing and puts it into the stream, uh-huh. and then it just dries up. So she's got some bad stuff in her past <laughs> that we're just not going to unpackage. So they go to the fountain, and they're trying to decide who should be to receive the well wishes uh-huh. of this fountain. Asha faints in exhaustion. And she begs them, don't touch me. Althea grabs some surrounding herbs, mixes them with Luckless's water that he had, and then just like shakes it up, pours it into her mouth. And then she's great. She feels good. And then all of her poor symptoms, she was the sick one, are gone. And then she's like, I'm good. I don't need the fountain. You two go. So then she's like, Althea, why don't you go bathe? And she's like, no, no, no. I'm just going to take all these herbs and then sell them for money. And then I'll use that money to get all my problems solved because I was robbed. So I'm good. Amata, you go bathe. And then she goes, no, I took out that memory and the stream kind of washed it away and I don't feel bad about this dude leaving me anymore. I'm good, luckless. Why don't you go into the fountain? (laughs) They've gone through a whole day of trial and tribulation. They're like, actually, I'm good. Oh, good. Does luckless (laughs) go to the fountain or is that it? No, so he decides to go in. He's like really happy that they've chosen him. But what he does is he flings himself at Amata's feet. She's the one that just said, you go do it. And he Everyone's says, very dramatic in this, right? They? A lot this of flinging to the yeah. feet and all these things. So he says, this is the kindest thing that anyone's done for me. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever known. He asks for her heart. She agrees, which seems very love is an open door. Like you've met this person one day ago. Maybe find out if he's not going to, I don't know, like take over your town while yeah. you give him the key yeah. to the city kind of a thing. Sorry if I just spoiled Frozen for anybody. <laughs> It's been out for years and the plot twist is easy to see coming. (laughs) So uh, he just asked for a heart. She agrees. And then they just all walk down arm in arm. None of them ever suspecting or knowing that the waters in the fountain carried no real enchantment at all. Oh, Uh, which this is the first time that I've ever actually read it where the real fortune was the friends we made along the way. Yes. (laughs) And I always have wanted to read a story like this. And now we're here. I'm so happy. <laughs> I quite like that one. Yeah, that one's yeah, like really yeah. pleasant. It's fun. Weird, Double, but, but... A good yeah. ending. It's not like Black Mirror. It's like the, the one, I won't spoil which one, but like Black Mirror episode after episode, it's like, here's some stuff that's just awful. And then like partway through like one of the later seasons, they're just like, here's a happy one. And the whole time you're watching it, like, when's it going to get bad? When's it going <laughs> to get bad? And then the credits roll and you're like, oh, oh, it was happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's pretty much this. I like that one. It was very nice. Uh, I want to look at my notes really quickly because I do have some all capital things yelling at Dumbledore's notes here. So I need to check it over. Uh, Oh, right. So there was an old herbology professor named Herbert Beery who left to teach at the Wizarding Academy of Dramatic Arts, which there's a wizard (laughs) acting school. Oh my God. I I need to know so much more about this. And what he tried to do while he was at Hogwarts, he tried to make it a Christmas pantomime of telling this story. And at Hogwarts, it failed in glorious, spectacular fashion. It's not great pantomime. As somebody who does pantomime every year, it's not great pantomime material. What makes for good pantomime material? Um, you need you need a more traditional story like Jack and the Beanstalk or Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast. There is Some... still talking in these plays, right? Because in my oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's, no, it's not you... mime. It's... Okay. Who, I'll explain it really quickly and you will not understand what I'm talking about. So Pantomime is a British traditional Christmas family musical, essentially. Okay. Uh, Usually starring somebody famous off the telly or off a 
I don't know, something, mm-hmm. some celebrity who's famous for you. something. Me, <laughs> famous for something they did 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> there's a selection of weird traditions that have to be gone through. There has to be a mother character uh, who is played by a man in a dress called a pantomime dame. Is always the mother. Okay. Uh, like, mm-hmm. if you do Aladdin, it's Widow Twanky who runs the Chinese laundry. There's a selection of racial stereotypes that say, always <laughs> end up in these things. playing a woman yeah. and racial stereotypes. Yeah. Widow Twanky with a song called Wishy Washy. It, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, traditional. Um, <laughs> the dashing hero traditionally is always played by a woman. Dressed okay. as a man. That's uh, there's oh, always but, a comic. Oh, there's always so a baddie. <laughs> there's a fairy. There's yeah. So like the fairies come on and the kids cheer. The baddie comes on. And everyone boos and there's audience participation. Has anybody seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show live on stage? Oh yeah. Okay. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is essentially a grown-up pantomime. All right. Basically, the there audience join in. There are things you're supposed to do. You're supposed to boo and cheer and shout. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, yes, he... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I'm not explaining it very well. Uh, if you're ever in Britain over Christmas, go and see one because yeah. they're amazing. Well, this one at Hogwarts didn't go well yeah. at all. I can imagine. Dumbledore says that at the time he was a young transfiguration professor and he was in charge of doing special effects and he was like, <laughs> my special effects were great, but quote, alas, the same could not be said of the rest of the cast. Uh, <laughs> Dumbledore, oh throwing shade however many years ago. <laughs> Beery, the herbology prof- or the professor directing it, didn't realize that the girl playing Amata and the boy playing Luckless were dating and broke up an hour before curtains raised. This, this is so theater group. And Luckless decided that he was going to have affections for Asha instead, which messes up the plot. Then you've got Professor Kettleburn, who you might know from the Harry Potter iPhone game as the previous Care of Magical Creatures professor. For the worm, he used an engorgement charm on an Ashwinder, which is a big, scary worm. What's very fun is the footnote is like, if you want to learn more about this book, you can buy this other book I wrote (laughs) called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So like, always on the grind, J.K. Rowling. I know the books are for charity, blah, 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 but still. Um, so the worm exploded and caught a bunch of things of, on fire. Amata and Asha started dueling. Beery was caught in the crossfire and his head was enlarged for months. Kettleburn was put on probation. And then Dumbledore says that this happened, Kettleburn being put on probation, 62 times while he was a professor. Hey, uh, hey, uh, dip it, fire the guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me 62 <laughs> times, one more strike and you're out of here. <laughs> wow. That yes. sounds like a lot of shows I was in when I was a kid. In yeah, just lots of drama going yeah, on. Yeah, things exploding. Mm-hmm. Offstage romance, yeah. yeah. The yeah. final thing that Dumbledore says in the notes here is that Lucius Malfoy wanted to get this play like removed from the books and the schools and no one reading it because it, it unfortunately showed muggles and magical people getting along and working together. And he was like, this oh, yeah, is horrible. Yeah. And then Dumbledore has this massive burn in the books and he says that this is the beginning of their rivalry. He says that like by Dumbledore refusing to remove this from the Hogwarts uh-huh. library, that's why Lucius started to hate him uh-huh. and wanted to get him removed from his position as headmaster. So there you go. The beginning of the beef between them. Mm, I love a good beef and I love to see the origins of it. You know what else I love? Being able to buy food and provide for my family now that I have a wife. So in order to make that happen, we need to take a little bit of a break for when Guardian Madridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Tap for a Cause. Let's say hypothetically that there is a 
very bad disease out there and you're trying to stay inside and what are you doing? You're using the internet a lot and you want to make sure that you are doing good while you use the internet. What if there was a way to do so just by opening a tab, which you're going to do all the time? Oh wait, there is. What's it called? Tab for a cause. Tab for a cause is great. It's a Google Chrome extension. Every time you open a tab, you get a nice, different, serene background photo, which in these times is very nice and you can add little widgets and stuff to the homepage if you would like and every time that you open a tab, you get a heart and then you can donate that heart to a different charity. At the time of recording, they've raised over $871,000 for charity. So you can be a part of this contribution if you go to tab4acause.org slash Potterless. That is tab for a cause, all of the words spelled out. So T-A-B-F-O-R-A-C-A-U-S-E dot O-R-G slash Potterless. It takes about three clicks to get it set up. It doesn't take very long, and you can start helping out charities just by using the internet today. So go to tabforacause.org slash Potterless today and start saving the world while you save yourself today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, Neville Longbottom is someone who likes to collect cards. He likes to collect the chocolate frog cards. And it's got to be a frustrating experience for him to be ripping open all these chocolate frog things, hoping for particular cards. What if there was slightly less randomness in the mix? What if he had a better sense of what cards he could get? Ooh, that sounds like something that could intrigue you if you were trying to get muggle versions of trading cards and stuff. And if that's interesting to you, you should check out Arena Club. Arena Club is a website and service where you can do all sorts of things in the world of trading trading cards, whether that is sports trading cards or Pokemon cards, you can utilize Arena Club and they have so many cool things. One of the coolest things that they have is slab packs. Slab packs give you more transparency when it comes into ripping open packs and hoping for particular cards in a pull. And I recently opened up a slab pack with Arena Club and it was nice because rather than it just be like this complete black box of I have no idea what cards I'm going to get, they show you a list of, oh, here are the different cards that you could get from this pack. Here's the percentages. And then what's also nice about it is is that if you don't like whatever card you get, you can just sell it right on back to Arena Club and then boom, you can take those funds and use them to get other cards because they also have a full marketplace where you can search for individual cards. I did that as well. I wanted to get a particular Pokemon card. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu. It's holographic. It's beautiful. I'm looking at it right now and it's proudly in my studio. Arena Club is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, display, minting, all sorts of good stuff. If you are involved or interested in any sort of card collecting, trading cards, stuff like that, I 
think Arena Club will be right up your alley. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash Potterless. Wow, that's a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slap pack, for example. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So check that out if you want to have a little less randomness in your life, whether it is with muggle trading cards or chocolate frog cards like Neville today. So now we get into the third one. This one's the most buck wild. It's called the Warlock's Harry Heart. <laughs> yes, it gets worse. <laughs> so there's a handsome, rich, talented warlock who noticed that his friends grew more foolish when they fell in love, so he vowed to never fall in love. And instead of just not getting with someone, decides he's going to turn to the dark arts to guarantee that this never happens. I mean, that's unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone knows girls like the bad guys, That's, right? It's funny because that literally happens in yeah, the story. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so his family <laughs> didn't think anything of it. They were just like, oh, once he finds someone that he fancies, it'll change his heart. But then the narrator's like, but he didn't fancy anyone. <laughs> So much like you said, the bad boy, it's all these ladies and maidens throughout the town are actually into him because yeah. they're like, he's so rich and handsome. Why doesn't he want a wife? I'm kind of into this, but he's horrible. He's a terrible dude. He lives alone. His parents die, which he counts as a blessing because he's like, now I live alone and I don't have to deal with anyone <laughs> and all the servants only have to care for me and no one else. So he thinks Service. this is going to okay. be great, but he overhears two servants talking smack about him <laughs> in the back. They hear one of them be like, man, I really feel feel bad for that guy. He has no friends. No one wants him. He doesn't like him. So then out of spite, he decides that he's going to get a wife better than anyone else. I'm going to find a wife superior to all the rest, you know, because that's how love works. Yeah. <laughs> it's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be in first place. So the next day, what's his criteria for the best? Um, he just wants, I mean, the best. He just hot, a lot of money because that's what oh, happens. Okay. It says the next day, the perfect maiden for him arrived. She was a skilled, beautiful witch with lots of gold. Good at magic, hot, rich. Boom, <laughs> the big three. We've done it. Personality, ah, Man. we get along, ah, makes me feel secure about myself in times of need and brings me out of pain when I'm not feeling great and sad Man. about myself. Nah, Man. she's rich and she's got big boobs. <laughs> talks about him looking upon her breasts, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. I, th I think it says something. I, Amazing. I, it's there. If not, he's oh. the kind of guy to be like, eh, he's one of those dudes. So his heart felt nothing, but he recognized her quote as a prize. So he sets oh. out that he's, yeah, not, oh, not a good a luck. A prize. Mm -hmm. This is mine to win. <laughs> so he decides that he's going to take her. So he has this big feast and invites her of all of her family. Her family's like, yeah, we're going to go to this rich dude's house and eat free mm. food. Come on, let's do it. So they all go. And what happens is at one point he talks with this maiden because she can like tell that this dude is just going through the motions and doesn't actually feel it. He's yeah. like reciting poetry and like telling jokes, but like she can tell that it's just like lifeless and he doesn't actually mean it. So she talks to him one-on-one -on -one and says like, what's going on? Like you seem so great on paper, but something's just not there. Mm. She's great. I know that it was just like, oh, she's rich and skilled, but like she actually seems like a great person. She's like, what's the deal here? Like what's going on? So he takes her to his dungeon in the basement. And oh, okay. Great start. She should have left immediately. Uh, he brings out this crystal like casket. Also, leave now. Yeah. Opens the crystal casket, and inside is his heart, which has been removed from his chest. 
run away. It's not just a heart though, because it has been left and succumbed to dark magic and all this other stuff. It has grown hair all <laughs> over. Mm-hmm. Standard. Please leave, fair maiden, get out of here. And she's like, freaks out and says like, put it back inside. Like he shows that he's got like this cavity oh, in his chest. Oh, he's still got it. oh. Yeah, or at least a scar or something. Oh, okay. like she's like, put it back, put it back. So <laughs> he does this, he like tries to do this magic to get it, but the heart doesn't want to leave the little crystal casket. So there's this struggle. And then the rest of the family realize that they've been gone for a long time. So they f- try to find her. They end up finding the dungeon. They see what's going on. And when they go downstairs, they walk down and they see the warlock holding her smooth scarlet shining heart, which he quote, licks and strokes and, va- <laughs> and vows to exchange for his own. Thanks, J.K. Rowling. I really appreciate this. In the other hand, so he does successfully put the heart back in his chest. Okay. But, but then- Does he shave it? F- he doesn't like- shave it, unfortunately. So he's got this hairy thing in a chest oh. cavity. In the other hand, he's trying to remove his heart with a wand, but it won't come out. So he sees the shocked gaze of all the guests. So he casts his wand aside, grabs a dagger, vows never to be mastered by his own heart again, hacks it from his chest, rips it out, feels triumphant, and then dies because that's how hearts work. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Oh, uh... And then there's a great illustration because J.K. Rowling includes all these illustrations and then autographs under each of them, like, which, this, what? Uh, and it's just like dead person on top of other dead person and then blood everywhere. It's like, yeah, J.K., I got it. It was graphic wow. enough. I didn't need this illustration, which you've signed underneath. <laughs> and that's the end of that story. What's the moral? I don't, I don't understand what the moral, like... Dumbledore is here to help. Thank God. (laughs) First thing Dumbledore says, unlike the other stories, which had different criticism, like the first one and the Lucius thing, like all the other stories so far have had criticism. This one, Dumbledore says, quote, face no criticism, you know, the one where there's murder. (laughs) Like that one's fine. But oh no, this one where there's a pot that gets warts, we got to make sure this pot eats people instead. (laughs) So this story faced no criticism. Dumbledore says that many parents don't share it with their younger ones. Uh, yeah, Thank you. That's right. yeah. <laughs> so Dumbledore says that the reason that the story stuck through is because it warns about one of the grave temptations of magic, the quest for invulnerability. You know what's also fun uh, is that the last story in this book has the tale of the three brothers, which does the, the same, same thing, thing and doesn't involve a hairy heart and cutting body parts out of human beings and licking yeah, other people's well, yeah, hearts. Licking, oh. <laughs> The, like of all the things, stroking and licking it, like could have done without it. But yeah, that's that's about it. He goes on for some other stuff and saying just like, there's some parallels to horcruxes and trying to live forever and how dark magic is not something you should do. I don't know, this story just seems highly unnecessary. <laughs> it's disturbing. It's quite disturbing. Has anyone made, does anybody know if, like, if anyone's made fan films of any of these? I feel like I've seen a musical. I know, I know, I've seen a musical because one of my friends wrote it at one of these events years and years ago. But it, like, these would make good little short films. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're gonna make an album. There we cool. go. <laughs> That's tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll start writing and make a whole YouTube channel. It'll be great. I'll fly to London. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. We can go to Yorkshire. We'll have yeah. a great time. All right. Last story that I want to discuss because there's five stories, but one's Tale of the Three Brothers, and we've all read the books. Yeah, I know so. that one. <laughs> yeah. So now it's Babbity Rabbity and your cackling stump. This one's <laughs> actually really good, and it's very fun. This is Ron's favorite, isn't it? Yeah. Thing. Or at least yeah. it's the one that he made fun of when Hermione's like, this book's important. And Ron's like, it's, it's a children's yeah, book. Why yeah. can it be important? And then it saves the day because 
because Hermione is smart and we should all listen to her more often. We should. <laughs> so in this story, there's a king who decided that he should be the only one with magic. Great start. He decides that the head of his army should start a witch hunt with black hounds that are going to attack every witch in the town. But he also asks, he puts up like billboards across the town for an instructor in magic. No one volunteered because also this king has decided to murder all the people that know how to do magic. Yeah, no, no fair. I would not be volunteering myself. Yeah, that. like, I don't know. Yeah, It's not a good look. It's like, everyone's got to, I'm going to murder everyone, but I need one person who I promise I won't yeah. murder to teach me how to do magic and you won't get murdered. So, Until you've taught me magic. <laughs> yeah. So nobody volunteers except for a charlatan who has no magic power, but decides... I'm going to get that bread. Oh, yeah. So he pretends that he knows how to do magic. He goes to the king, does some magic tricks, and is immediately appointed the grand sorcerer in chief by the king, which is a great title. That's a great title. It's better than minister for magic. Yeah. I think they should be the grand sorcerer in chief instead. I probably would like Cornelius Fudge a little bit more if that was I, th I don't think I don't think Cornelius Fudge is even that important, though. Like the grand <laughs> sorcerer in chief sounds like... What do they call the, the witch in the witches? The grand... Hi, somebody help the, me. The, like the Wizengamot? The head warlock? No, no, in, in the Roald Dahl book, The Witches. Ah. The Grand, grand High, High Witch. Witch. I, I mean, I pretty much said it. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call the Grand High Witch Lady? In the, the, um, yeah, it's like that. Like, it sounds almost Masonic. Mm -hmm. It sounds really nice. So this guy has been appointed to this position. He tells the king, oh, I need a lot of golden gems so I can buy magical supplies, which is great. So he just stashes all the golden gems, goes into town. He breaks off two twigs from a tree and then goes back. But he doesn't know that he was being watched by Babbity. And Babbity is a washerwoman in town. So she, Not a rabbit. Yes, that's later on. That's oh, okay. the plot twist. But the title oh. also tells you that she's a rabbit the whole time. <laughs> so it's like... I don't know. It'd be like if Star Wars, this is a really famous spoiler, so don't get mad at me for that, but it's like, what not the sixth one like Return of the Jedi where the plot twist is? Like, what if it was like Star Wars, like the fight with Luke's dad, and you're like, Luke's dad? <laughs> what? <laughs> she, he goes back to the king and just like pretends that he knows that magic. Mm -hmm. He gives him this twig and then says like, it will start working for you when you are worthy, which I think is really, oh, really smart. Yes. So he's like trying to, they practice every morning, nothing's really happening, but he's saying he's worthy. But then Babbity is there for one of these lessons and she laughs in the background and the king gets very embarrassed that people are laughing at him. So he wants to speed up the process. Yeah. So he's like, when are we going to be ready? And the charlatan's like, oh, it'll be ready soon. Don't worry. And the king's like, no, tomorrow I'm going out into the town square and I'm going to show everyone that I know how to do magic. And then the charlatan is like, okay, I've got this big journey that I need to leave on for tomorrow. <laughs> so can we postpone? And the king goes, no. And if you try to leave town, I'll kill you. <laughs> so the charlatan's like, crap, I have all this gold, but I can't leave. And also this king can't do magic. So king leaves and then he goes to Babidi, who he heard laughing. Yep. He sees that she's polishing a wand. So he goes, oh, you're a witch. And he demands that Babbity do some spells behind like cover of a bush while he's doing this thing in the town square. So that- Pol Polishing a wand, not a euphemism in this context. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you would know Percy who is like doing interesting things in the book the whole time. And I, don't know, like I don't know what you're talking about. And like, oh, it's like Percy was in his room a whole lot. And like Ginny's walked in on me doing something I'm very ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> the phrasing was so bad. I know. I and think purposefully. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing is like, uh, dude, you were writing letters to a, uh, your girlfriend and then you were making out with her in a classroom like, yay, Percy, good things. But you had to like really make it seem like you were 
polishing your wands. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> just a guy you play on, on screens, not yeah. actually you. So uh, Babati agrees, and the reason she does it, the guy's like, if you don't do it, I'll ask you as a witch, and then you're going to get killed too. So she smiles and agrees, which means she's going to screw this dude over, which, spoiler alert, she does. So they go into town, and before they do it, Babbity's like, what if he does a spell that I don't know how to do? And the guy's like, there's no way. This king's an idiot. Like, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. gonna, he doesn't have a wild imagination. They're at the day of the thing, and he decides that he's gonna make some lady's hat disappear. Babbity's able to do it. He says he's gonna make some horse fly off the ground. Babbity's able uh -huh. to do it. Then the head of the army brings one of the hounds and says, it ate a poisonous mushroom and is dead. Bring the dog back to life. And the king's like... Okay. <laughs> and then Babbity starts like laughing because she's like, you can't bring people back from the dead. That's like magic 101, my dude. And that's just, she starts laughing really loudly. All the people in the crowd start murmuring and thinking that it was yeah. just a trick. So then the king and this army start chasing after Babbity because the charlatan guy points her out and says, she's using magic to make sure that your spells aren't working, which I gotta say, Ooh. creative, like quick thinking by the yeah. charlatan there. Like it doesn't just run away. like. That's actually pretty smart. Yeah. So they chase after her. She goes into the forest and then all of a sudden she vanishes and they can't see where it is. But they hear cackling coming from a tree. So the charlatan is convinced, ah, she's turned into a tree. You should chop the tree down. So they chop the tree in half. It comes down and then they still hear cackling from yeah. the stump. Yeah. This is the cackling stump, stump aforementioned in the title. The charlatan is, is like freaking out. And what Babbity from the stump says... <laughs> Which is so good. She's so she's like my new favorite character in the whole series. She goes, fools! No witch or wizard can be cut in half. See for yourself. Try with the grand sorcerer. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> Which is so good. So he falls to his knees and confesses because he's like, if you try to cut me in half, like it's gonna work. So he says, like, I was lying, blah, blah, blah. Babbity then says, like, oh, by cutting a witch in half, you've put a curse upon your entire yeah. town. So if you cut me any further or attack any other witch, it'll feel like you are getting hit in the side with an axe. So the king then falls to his knees. Again, lots of falling to knees yes. in, yeah. these, in these stories. So Babbity says that you have to stop the witch hunts immediately. The king's like, fine, I'll do it. And she goes, not good enough. You also need to make a statue in Babbity's honor. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so he says he's going to do that. And then they all leave. And then as the title suggests, a little rabbit comes out of the stump. So the plot twist is that she was an animagus. She was a rabbit, got a wand between her teeth. And then she just hops away and she's safe and lives happily ever after. Aww. So like, that's a good one. I like, like that Good one story too. tells a lesson. Yeah. No one gets hurt aside from half of a tree. So I think it's a little bit better. I mean, the dog did eat the poisonous mushrooms and is still dead, but like maybe don't let your dog eat poisonous mushrooms. Yeah. Feels like not a great owner there, yeah. but that's a story. Just some little Dumbledore's notes here before we move on to the Q and A. Uh, the whole point of this one is to teach that magic can't bring people back from the dead. Yes. So, which is important. I think that's very good. It's the first mention of an animagus. There's rumors that this was based on a real French witch who escaped from prison by turning into a white rat. Rabbit. There was a thing where like mysteriously she left and then they saw a rabbit across the street and they were like, clearly she turned into a rabbit. It's the only explanation. And uh, the final little note, though, is that there's a whole thing talking about the Cruciatus curse because of the, the like, threats that happened at yeah. the end. And a footnote notices and mentions that the Cruciatus and the killing curses were not made illegal until 1717. I'm sorry, murdering people was just cool was just, yeah. for a long time? They're like, ah, my husband was murdered. It's not illegal. Sorry, there's <laughs> nothing we can do. 
Like what? <laughs> I suppose they're unforgivable. It doesn't make them. Yeah, they said unforgivable, but I feel like, I, I don't know. Like before it's unforgivable, it's like, oh, you murdered someone. Say you're sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. But then dueling was legal. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can do it, but you can't use the killing curse. You can yeah. do everything else. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But that's that's uh, <laughs> Tales of Beetle the Bard, everybody. Uh, <laughs> so we've got about 15 minutes. Uh, I would want to open it up to QA. I think there's a microphone up there. So yeah, come on up. When you line up, just please say your name and your house. And as is customary practice for all Potterless QA stuff, uh, if you are Slytherin, please let me know whether or not you are racist. Uh, and if you're racist, unfortunately, I will not field your question. That's the only rules. So. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. My name's Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Too many identi like, identity crises to have a house right now. But cool. <laughs> house is a social construct, yeah. so it's yeah. all good. Yep. So this is more of a mic question. Mm -hmm. So who do you think would be a better basketball coach, Ooh. Voldemort or Dumbledore? Oh. <laughs> I, I think Voldemort purely because he's direct and you know exactly what he's thinking. And Dumbledore, like, after the game, they would have lost by, you know, whatever points. And he's like, yeah, I really wanted you to shoot the three-pointer more, but I just didn't tell you, and I thought you would, like, figure it out on your own. <laughs> I, like, left a bunch of clues and led you on this whole thing because, like, if I told you right away that you were supposed to shoot more threes, that'd be too much pressure on you. And I know you're going through a lot, so I wanted you to, like, arrive at this decision on your own. <laughs> Whereas Voldemort would just be like, shoot the three! <laughs> And then it'd be very clear. Voldemort would get through team members very quickly, though, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you miss a foul shot, and he's just like, ah! Yeah. Kill the spare! <laughs> so they'd both be bad, is the answer. <laughs> My follow-up to that, then, book Dumbledore or um, film Dumbledore 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Which one? Probably film Dumbledore because he yells all the time, so you could at least hear his instructions. So, like, asking calmly yeah. is like, shoot the three. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your question. <laughs> good was, question. That was good. Hi, my name is Christina, and I'm a Ravenclaw. Hello, Christina. It's Ravenclaw. Chris, what are your Weasley rankings? Oh. And maybe you guys could compare a little. I do this on the podcast a lot. Percy always comes in last. <laughs> I know. That much I know. <laughs> Until we met Aunt Racist, then she took the she took the bottom slot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what is that aunt's name? Muriel. Muriel. I was going to say Marjorie. That's a different aunt entirely. And Marge, different, 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 different racist family. person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, who would definitely have voted for Brexit, for sure. That's all I'm going to say about Brexit. Uh, <laughs> it's your one Brexit joke. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Aunt Muriel. Okay. Possibly then Charlie. <gasps> wow, okay. I mean, we don't know a lot about him. Yeah, yeah. just a bit kind of like, eh, yeah. whatever. Um, and I think Bill's a bit cooler than Charlie anyway. Okay. okay. Probably then Percy, if I'm honest. Nice. Not because I don't like him, I just don't think he helps himself particularly. <laughs> I think it's his own fault that he's a bit of a thank you, Pratt. 
Uh, I've been not sure if I should say Pratt or not because they told me not to use foul language and I don't know if Pratt, Pratt is, is fine. Not, okay, but I did see- I anything, watching, anything that's in the book, okay, they call him a go. Pratt in the book. Well, they I think. say B-I-T-C-H in the book. <laughs> but yes. also I was watching the Great British Bake Off and on, someone was <laughs> someone was speaker phoning their mom and then she was like, I got the Star Baker Award. And then someone was like, oh, bloody hell. And then she was like, mom, you can't curse on TV. And I was like, what? Is <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you probably can on, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, Percy. <laughs> Percy, um, then the twins, because I just find them really obnoxious. <laughs> Classic uh, Percy. <laughs> I do, though. Like, what really, what do they add to anything? <laughs> Humor, is that it? Yes. <laughs> is that all? Good so joke. does Peace the Poltergeist, and he's dead. <laughs> As, no, anyway, I don't want to I love this uh, <laughs> I don't mean any of this, by the way. Um, I'd put Ginny, and Ginny's my favorite Weasley. Nice, good. Same, um, same, same, same. And I don't think she gets enough credit half the time. I think she puts up, she puts up with a lot of crap in that house. She's the only girl, poor thing. And a lot of boys in that family. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot to deal with. And the youngest as well. I mean, she's traumatized, poor, poor kid. Molly would also be quite up there. Arthur, I mean, come on. He's I, I like Arthur, but again, a bit like Percy. <laughs> Doesn't help himself <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, maybe actually, maybe Arthur would be quite a long way down. I, li I like him a lot, but he's a bit kind of like pathetic, really. <laughs> This is going to be all, I can see it already all over the Leaky Cauldron yeah, I'm sorry, Twitter I'm... feed, isn't it? <laughs> Chris Rankin says, Arthur Weasley's pathetic. That'll oh, be the headline. God, I'm never going to live He's this He's quite down. pathetic. Yeah. But he is, let's face it. I mean, he gets, he gets excited about rubber ducks and things that... He doesn't yeah. know how money works, even though it's rectangles with numbers on yeah. them. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> It's, it works the same way as wizard money. Yeah, you, it just you works. Add them up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And then my rankings are well established. Probably like Ginny, Molly, Charlie, Fred, maybe like Arthur, Ron. No, I don't know. Fred, so Fred, also you're separating Fred and Starting George. Starting in book five, all the good jokes are Fred. That's true. And then, yeah, one of them read has, the books. All one the, of, all one the of, like starting book five, all of Fred's jokes are a little bit funnier. And one of them does have like a considerably larger amount of dialogue friend yeah. yeah it's Fred, I think it's it? maybe book five JK was like well I'm gonna have to kill one of them <laughs> she always had to kill one of them yeah like if you're gonna have twins in a book and people are gonna die you're gonna have to kill one of the twins otherwise right. it's a waste of having twins <laughs> I, there's no, there's literally no point to them if you're not gonna kill one off I don't, like, honestly that's my opinion I, I mean I saw like, it coming just because they're so interchangeable which is like twins in, well yeah. twins in real life I know are not but like in the books it's very much like it's always friend George friend George friend George, George friend until George. Fred starts telling more jokes and then George loses an ear it's like oh now they're slightly <laughs> different but yeah, yeah thanks yeah. so much for your question good question I'm Aiden hi Aiden I'm in Gryffindor nice good yes do you know where the idea for the story came from like Ooh. any of them do you know the answer to this and are you quizzing me or are you genuinely asking? I'm genuinely asking. I read this book in preparation for this. So all I know is what is there. Um, <laughs> I do know that like in the intro, they say that it's supposed to mimic those kind of fairy tales. Um, and when I was talking with, with some people uh, from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text in the Green Room, I was like, these stories are really dark. And they were like, mm. yeah, it's kind of like a Brothers Grimm, like more yeah. of the European fairy yeah. tales, like in German Cinderella, not America Cinderella. I don't know if you guys know, when the stepsisters can't get the glass shoe to fit on, they cut off their toes. 
toes so that cut, it'll fit. One cuts off their toes, the other cuts her heel. Oh, like, ah, slices her heel ah, off. That's, yeah, that's worse. even worse, <laughs> isn't it, right? So I think yeah. I think that's what it's going off of, is just like wizarding versions of that where like they're a little grim and dark, but the whole point yeah. is to tell a story. And, and actually and there's, a, a lesson. there's a British, ancient British fairy tale that I, I don't remember necessarily, but I, I kind of have a recollection of that. I've ju- and I was trying to work out what it was when you were going through them, but there's one that I remember reading when I was a kid about a worm. It's called the Langton Worm. Ooh. And there's a, it's a story about this worm that's like sort of, and it's horrible because it's this enormous worm that's like wrapped around a hill. I don't. And it used a worm to, should not be able to wrap around no, a hill. No, and it used to scare don't have, the like, distinct beginnings and ends. So like, I don't know how high up it is. I don't like. I don't. Yeah. Worms wrap. No, but Ugh. there is, a, and there's a hill somewhere in the UK. I can't remember where it is, but I have been there where the where the hills like, and it was probably like a Celtic fort or something. So the hills kind of got these little ridges oh, okay. up it, and allegedly that's where the uh, okay. rigs of the word it used to scare the bejesus out of me as a child. <laughs> so they are. I think. I think from having that's all I know about. <laughs> them as well I've just heard so not much yeah they're rooted in that kind of ancient European I think they're lovingly stolen and ripped off from scare the kids straight buried. yeah thanks so much for your question good question hi I'm Kiara I'm Huffledore Huffledore nice cool what's the best part about playing a Weasley Ooh. Having the rest of the Weasley family as your family is the best yeah, thing about playing the Weasley it's really good because uh, Percy's not the the he gets good in the end. Like we're as teenagers, we're often bad, and Percy really and Percy redeems himself. Never, book Percy seven. was never bad. He, yeah, he that's was, the thing. He was just wrong yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, like he yeah, never I did mean, anything he was, bad. He was he, in fact he, all he ever did was good things. He just did the wrong good things. I mean, after. calling your father an idiot is not the well. Best I mean, look. we've all done that, <laughs> especially at fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like at fifteen years old, I thought a bowl cut looked good. So we've all made our poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> we've all had, yeah. We've all, we've, yeah. But no, the we, yeah, the Weasley family. It's nice to have. I was an only child as a, in a, oh. in real life. So Percy, yeah, being one of several and all ginger people is is quite nice <laughs> really it's just a shame it's percy i don't mean that i actually i, I have a lot of time for percy i think he's misunderstood he is mike he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i've talked at length about it and i will talk at length again some other time about it but not today mm-hmm. yeah my name is julia hello I'm, julia hello I'm a Ravenclaw with some Slytherin tendencies. As long as they're not uh, the racist kind. Not the racist <laughs> kind. I love books and also persecuting people. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, so I just binged most of your podcast. Cool. So now that I've gotten to the end of it with you, mm-hmm. have you heard any fan theories that you really like? Yes. And what is your favorite? So I've only done a couple like recent deep dives into it because I've guessed it on some other Harry Potter podcasts where they were asking me about it. One that I've heard that I've looked into is like Ron is an accidental seer. So like when he says stuff offhandedly, he's like always right about it, which I think is great. So like anytime Ron is angry and just says something dismissive, he's actually correct. So I think that one's very fun. One that I know of, but I've not looked into yet, but I'm really excited to learn more about is like Ron is secretly a time traveler Dumbledore. I've heard about this one. So like, I really want to investigate that. Have you heard any fun fan theories? So, oh, oh my God, so, so many. many. <laughs> so many. And of course, at this moment in time, my mind goes entirely blank. I'll come back to you. <laughs> okay, if you think of it, just pop uh, yeah. up. But yeah. 
Those are them. Thank you so much. Hi, Sheeps. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hello. I'm Grace. I'm a Slytherin. Racism's a big no-no for me. Good. Cool. Yeah. Little worried since you did not start with, with I'm not. She <laughs> <laughs> just said racism is, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, where's the sentence Racism going? is a big uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> part of my life. Um, so, non-racist Slytherin. Um, so, I don't sport, and until Sheeps explained okay. on the podcast how sports work, I cool. like, never knew that Quidditch just did not make sense it just, at uh, all. So close. No, no so sense. Close. Chris, what are your thoughts on Quidditch? Have you just like, ever like thought about it? Do, like, do you like notice that like Quidditch doesn't make sense? I had noticed Quidditch doesn't make any sense. I also don't sport at all. Um, <laughs> I observe rugby occasionally when the All Blacks, the New Zealand team are playing just because that's where I was born and they're my team and rugby's a proper sport. It's like mm-hmm. American football but without all the padding. So for, you know, rugby's real people. Wonderful. Uh, I rugby love is amazing. Rugby. Um, Way better than American so football So violent. Sure. Kind of as violent as Quidditch really should be. I but think. then it's so polite. I was at a rugby match once. They are the nicest people, the honestly. The other team missed yeah. whatever the rugby of a field goal is a try. There it is. A try. Like, How no, British no, no, I is that? Try was a touchdown. Oh no, yeah, tries a touchdown. One. Oh yeah, the, the conversion. A conversion. Yeah, so they yeah. tried a conversion, and the other team missed the team that I wasn't rooting for. So I was like, ha ha, like yelling at them, and then my friend like punches me in the shoulder. And was like, we don't do that. Here. No, no, no. And I was like, no. The no. other team messed up. Yeah. You make fun of them. This is I, I was born in New Zealand, who have the All Blacks, who are by far the best rugby team in the world, and I live in Wales, who have by far the second best rugby Ooh, team in the world. Fun. Controversial is that opinion. Um, Not a big rugby contingency in the crowd. They will play the hardest, nastiest, roughest game of rugby, and at the end, everyone has a hug. Um, (laughs) All that, like, if you, if this was football, soccer. There would be fights in the street. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed there would be fights in the street afterwards. Oh, so even the fans are nice. Too. Even the fans are nice. They all go to the same bars afterwards and all like Amazing. get on. It's great. Yeah, but Quidditch makes no sense. No sense <laughs> at all. Um, and I was at a panel earlier. I was meeting, um, I, I work with a charity called Transfiguring Adoption because I'm an adopted kid and they do wonderful things with Harry Potter and adopted kids and stuff. Um, so I was at a thing doing meeting adopted kids and foster kids and stuff. And I was trying to explain actual real life Quidditch to somebody and it still doesn't make any sense. No. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it's great. I, yeah, sport. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Hi, yeah. it's Alicia Hufflepuff. <laughs> and I was wondering how your perspective on the slipper changes if you're thinking about it as like a bunny slipper or like a Cinderella slipper or like a Persian slipper. Yeah, oh. no, it's a bunny slipper for me. Yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> I imagine it was like a very drab, open back, like the one that like flaps really loudly and falls off. And it's like, it's like some boring color, like forest green, <laughs> like, like a yeah. black trim. And it's just like, I don't know. I've never understood slippers. Oh, I know. Slippers are for putting on when you go to put the trash out. Yeah, that's what I've yeah. always imagined. But yeah, I've, yeah. I always imagine just like a drab slipper, but bunny slipper would be more fun. I think a bunny slipper. Especially slip, if yeah. it squeaked every time. <laughs> <and> so it's... <laughs> <laughs> that so, yeah, that's what I imagine, and that's officially canon. Okay, they're gonna uh, kick us out and, and stuff, and I don't want to get yelled at because LeakyCon is very nice to me. But first off, give it up for Chris for showing up and putting Thank up with me. Thank you for having me. me. <laughs> um, and Spontaneous podcast of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the LeakyCon team for putting this together. Uh, Tessa Netting was going to be the guest, and she, then she had a medical emergency. So, like, f- actually, hope, well, wishing her all the best. Like, yeah, so yeah. Much love I'm, to I'm, I'm going to get you shouted at now, but I'm just going to do it. Thanks like, to her and for the whole LeakyCon team for like last minute. I was like, I need a guest, please. And they were like, we got you. They like moved schedules oh, around. What like, have I done? So many things oh, I don't know how to work technology. You can do it. Okay, there you're it all there. I'm going yeah. to do a uh, video. And, oh, look at that. The house lights are everything. So oh, I, beautiful. Well done. Look team. at that. Well so, uh, so after three, if you can all shout, get well soon, Tessa. Yeah. One, two, three.
Oh, that's wonderful. And then now- We love you, Tessa. We love you. Uh, and now, as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they get kicked off stage, because they've definitely gone over by too many minutes, <gasps> Wizard on! Thanks so much, everybody! Thanks, bye. Oh, I'm dropping ribbons and everything, oh God. Hey, a pandemic sweeping the world is not necessarily fun and wholesome and makes you feel good inside, but you know what will? A new show for Multitude called Next Stop. It's an audio sitcom, it's warm, it's heartfelt, it's news, you can get right at the ground floor and then brag to all of your friends that you started listening from the very beginning. I'm very excited about it. Amanda, Eric, Julia, and Brandon put so much work into it so you can go learn more about that show and start listening over at nextstopshow.com. Powerless is created by Mick Schubert, it is hosted by Mick Schubert, it is edited by Mick Schubert, it is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Klaus Lopu, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Rosemary Dodge, Marie Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadeniro, Audra, Eleanor, Curlin, Nikita Power, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krauss, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Grower, Vivian the Owl, Haley Hastings, Moster, Alex Consulver, John Kotker, Noel Bosole, Liz Bigelow, Brandon Pickens, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Mark, Lou Frieda, Jay Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Summer Rathel, Andrea Kroc, Justin Montero, Jacob Parrish, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Zena Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Addie, Nikki Harris, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Sarah Shedder, Marta Morrison, Eileen Gazesh, Keegan Curran, Mr. Folk, Maya Flor Sake, Scars Fjord, Georgia Davis, Skyla Lily, Edel Ryan, Professor Threat, Ellie Hoskovchova, Elizabeth Christofferson, Michael David Yordi, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Carrie Crumpler, Connie Bienkowski, Jen Went, Nedry OS, Will Huser, Samantha Lentz, Aurora Fruhoff, Marco Zapeda, Courtney Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, Ginny from the Block, Brianna Jordan, McKenna Tweedy, Heather Langeal, Brad Harding, Thomas Chavara, Brianna Cusimano, Kevin Stewart, Laurie McDonald, Chrissy Tew, Jarl Sviven, Haley Logan, Ashley Enstrom, Peter McGrath, Sophie Duda, Jen and Rose Daub, Nicole Linzer, Callahan and Darius, Kylo the Husky, Leah Reed, Melissa Rab, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Bill Gill, Victoria Colcaperi, Elizabeth Yu, Britt McLean, Becca Spry, Reese Diggin, Adam Graham, Joseph Torp, Lily's Mom, T Run Money, Madison Kyle, Don't Call Me Nymphedora, GK Have It Your Way, Sabrina Balsiger, Sophia Loves Pigs, Farzan Gerabat, Melanie Dugreif, David Douglas, Maria Matt Barger, Okamahime, Yimki Boney Pony, Jacob Rossatano, Kelsey Gillespie, Taco Blowfish, Rike Mangor Jensen, Taylor Payne, Rochelle Mobs, Megan Moon, Alicia Chapman, Riley Kittis, Colleen Waters, Steam DeVoctor, Laurel Happy, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Web design by Kelly Schubert, and the music is by Bettina Kampamanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can at facebook.com slash potterless, twitter.com slash potterlesspod, instagram.com slash potterlesspodcast, and reddit.com slash r slash potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com. For bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash potterless. And for merchandise, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com slash merch. If you want to tell someone about the show, whether it's in person or through a review online, that really does help. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on! Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.